Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. John chapter 7. Tonight's text is really kind of difficult. Uh, If we look at it... um, It's a kind of a long text, and there's a lot of different things that kind of feed into this text. And uh, it may be kind of difficult to find the one theme that kind of ties it together, but I I think as I've I've looked at it, I I think we've seen this theme before. And, And basically the theme I see here is Jesus' identity, who Jesus really is, and how we respond to Jesus, how we respond to who Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Word that was made flesh. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the water of life. Jesus is the one who says we must be born again. Jesus is the God who made the universe. And with who He was, many people, different, they responded in different ways. Some of them rejected Him. Some thought He was crazy. Some thought, well, if you're who you say you are, then why don't you do it this way? You don't, you know, isn't that how we think of God? We think, if, if you're really there, why don't you do it my way? Right? His brothers treated Him this way here in this text. Let's go ahead and read what our, what our text says this, morning, this evening. John chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go, out, go about in Judea, because the Jews were seeking to kill Him. Now the Jews' feast of booths was at hand. So His brothers said to Him, Leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, But it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I'm not going up to the feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After this saying, he remained in Galilee. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, but not publicly, but in private. The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, Where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people. While some said, He's a good man. Others said, No, he's leading people astray. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. About the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and began teaching. The Jews therefore marveled, saying, How is it that this man has learning when he's never studied? So Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. 
The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true. And in him there is no falsehood. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? The crowd answered, You have a demon! Who's seeking to kill you? Jesus answered them, I did one work, and you all marvel at it. Moses gave you circumcision. Not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision, so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because on the Sabbath I made a a man's whole body well? Do not judge by appearances, but judge with righteous judgment. Let's pray. Father, we need you tonight. We need you to speak to us from your word. Lord, help me, strengthen me. I'm weak. I need your grace. Father, give us ears to hear. Help us, Lord, to love one another and to love you and to hear your word and your voice speaking to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amy had read the passage in Leviticus where um, the Feast of Booths was described, where it was given to Moses, where it was given to the people of Israel. It was to remind them each year annually of the time that God had sustained them in the wilderness, where God had sustained them as they dwelled in tents. They had no permanent homeland, but they dwelled in these tents, traveling along, following the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. And how God provided for them in the wilderness. He provided for them with manna. He provided for them meat. He provided for them everything they needed. They weren't thirsty. And not even the soles of their sandals wore out in all those 40 years. They were to celebrate this annually to remember God's faithfulness, God's leading them through the wilderness. Well, th- at this time, Jesus was his, he was with his brothers. He was in Galilee with his brothers, and they were telling him, "You need to go up to the feast. It's it's the time when everybody's there, and if you really want people to know who you are." If you really want people to to see your greatness, these miracles that you can do, then go to the feast publicly and do some miracles. Do some miracles so that people will, will see who you really are. It kind of reminds us of earlier in this Gospel when Jesus performed His first miracle. Remember, His mother was there with Him at the wedding at Cana. They ran out of wine. And his mother comes to Jesus and and says, you need to do something about this, Jesus. You need to do something about this. And Jesus kind of pushes her back and says, it's not my time. It's not time for me to do this. 
Yet then he turns around and he does this miracle and he, he turns this water into wine. Here, his, his brothers are kind of doing the same thing. You know, if you, everybody says you're a great person. Everybody says you're doing all these miracles. Go on up to the feast. Or it's kind of like the temptation of Satan. When in the other Gospels, you remember Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness to go up on the pinnacle of the temple and jump down and he would have this miraculous entrance and all the people would love him because he wouldn't die. He'd fall from the temple mount and he'd be okay. The devil even quoted Scripture to say that Jesus should do that. But it wasn't Jesus' time. That wasn't part of His mission. His brothers were tempting Him, so to speak, to go out and proclaim how great He was by doing these miracles so that people would believe, but it wasn't His time. His brothers said, for no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. It makes sense, doesn't it? If Jesus could really do all those things, it makes sense with our logic. Go out there and show everybody what you can do. But it wasn't our logic Jesus was using. It wasn't the logic of the world. It was Jesus not trying to draw attention to Himself, but to do what the Father had sent Him to do. It says after that, for, even, for not even His brothers believed in Him. Apparently, they believed that He could do these miracles. Maybe they'd seen them themselves but they didn't believe in Him. We've seen this in John. About people who, they saw the miracles, but Jesus said, what were they there for? Just to get their bellies filled. They saw the loaves, and they wanted to come and they, they wanted to get their bellies filled, but they didn't really truly believe in Him. In who Jesus was. In who he claimed to be and that He was God in the flesh. Maybe He was just another miracle worker. Maybe a prophet. Maybe a good teacher. But God? His brothers didn't even believe in Him. Jesus said, My time is not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates Me because I testify that its works, about it, that its works are evil. Jesus, here again, He's saying His time hasn't come yet. It's not part of His mission to go and just do all these miraculous things at the feast so that people would love Him and adore Him at that time. No. His mission was to come and teach at that time. Teach, And as He obeyed the law perfectly, and as He taught the way He taught, like in the Sermon on the Mount, it condemned people. 
It exposed them for who they were. The light was shining into the darkness and we human beings were like cockroaches with a light lamp shining on us. Fleeing. Wanting to get away from that light. That shining light of Jesus. Because as His light shined upon humanity, it exposed the darkness that was hidden in our hearts. That's what Jesus said. Why why people hated Him. Because He exposed our works. Jesus told His brothers, you go up to the feast. I'm not going to this feast, for my time has not yet come. And He remained in Galilee. That's the first part here. And, and, And it's really kind of strange, because first, He tells His brothers, I'm not going up to the feast. But then what happens? He goes up to the feast. I think the point is, He wasn't going for their purposes. He wasn't going to go publicly and open and and, and try to make a spectacle of Himself. Instead, He was going according to the Father's plan. Here, in verse 10, He says, but after this, His brothers had gone up to the feast. Then He also went up, not publicly, but in private. He wasn't doing what His brothers suggested. Instead, He's going there to observe the feast that all the Jews were commanded to observe. But he went in private. He was so private that people couldn't find him. You know, usually Jesus had crowds that were following him, right? So many people that he just couldn't get away. But he was able to go privately where nobody saw him. Look at this. The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, where is he? Where is he? And there was muttering about him among the people. What were they saying? There were some that were positive and some that were negative. Some that were hating Jesus and some that wanted Jesus. You know, this kind of goes back to what we've seen earlier. Whenever Jesus healed the man on the Sabbath. In chapter 5, when He healed the man at the pool on the Sabbath, In verse 18, it said, This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill Him. Because not only was He breaking the Sabbath, but He was even calling God His own Father, making Himself equal with God. They saw Him as a Sabbath breaker. They saw Him as claiming to be God, even though they didn't think that He was. They thought He was blasphemous for that. And so they wanted to kill Him. And yet... Also, in chapter 6, whenever Jesus fed the 5,000, if you you could look to the end of that, when He fed the 5,000, He went away because the people loved Him so much. Verse 15 said, Perceiving that they were about to come and take Him by force and make Him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by Himself. So you can imagine these two groups, one that was wanting to kill Jesus, the other that wanted to just make Him king or something, both of them completely clueless to what Jesus' mission really was, both of them having two different attitudes about who He was. They were muttering, some said, He's a good man. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's doing these miracles. He's healing people. He's a great person. While others... Said, no, 
He's leading people astray. If Jesus wasn't who He said He was, then they were right. If Jesus wasn't really God, then the Jews here were right. He would be leading people astray. But He was God in the flesh. While some said, He's a good man. Others said, no, he's leading people astray. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke of him openly. Regardless of what their view is was of him, they were afraid to speak about it. They were afraid to speak about it because it was a tinderbox. You know, the, the, the world was politically charged. They were afraid of what might happen They were afraid of the Jews and what they might do if they spoke about Jesus. Verse 14, about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up to the temple and began teaching. Well, he he had originally gotten there, remember, and, and he was going privately. People couldn't even find him. And then about the middle of the feast, remember this feast was eight days long. It would go from Sabbath to Sabbath. And in the middle of this feast, so maybe about Wednesday or so, He went into the temple and began to teach. The Jews therefore marveled, saying, How is it that this man has learning when he's never studied? They wonder, how is it that this man knows so much about Scripture? He's not a rabbi. He's never studied with the rabbis. But yet he knows the Scriptures so well. How is it that this man can teach like this? Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, but it is He who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him is no falsehood. They wondered, they marveled. How is it that this one knows so much about Scripture? And Jesus gives them an answer. I'm not just, I, I didn't just study so that I could impress people. I didn't try to bring glory to myself. Jesus came with a mission. He was revealing the Father. No one has ever seen God, John 1.18 says, except the only begotten who was with the Father from the beginning. Jesus was coming to reveal the Father in Himself. He came with a mission from the One who sent Him, and it was not focused on bringing glory to himself at this time. The glory to himself would come at the cross. His mission was to be lowly. His mission was to be humble, to be humiliated, to die for us. It says something about human teachers as well. A pastor who has a lot of good ideas, who who studies so that he can be seen as a good preacher, somebody who really knows 
the Word, can sometimes maybe bring glory to Himself for how great of a person He is, great of a speaker He is, how well He can communicate things. You know, the point of preaching is to get out of the way of the text. Not that glory would come to the preacher, but that the preacher can get out of the way and people can hear what the Word is saying from the Bible. Not to dress it up with all those things that distract from the Bible. You can impress a lot of people with lots of fancy stories and emotional tear-jerking things. But the, but the one who is sent by God gets out of the way so that God is the one who receives the glory. And it's not the preacher. That's what Jesus did. He was all about giving the message that the Father had given. He was all about doing what the Father had called Him to do. Not to try to just go out and get all the praise and glory that He could get. He came to be crucified. He came to be beaten, to be spit upon, and to die as a ransom for us. Then Jesus said, Has not Moses given you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? Well, that seems to be coming out of nowhere, doesn't it? And the people thought the same thing. Why do you seek to... Why were they... They weren't saying we want to kill you or anything like that. Why did Jesus say that? Why, who, um, why do you seek to kill me? Verse 20, the crowd answered, you have a demon. Basically, you're nuts, Jesus. You're crazy. You must have a demon or something. How could you say we're trying to kill you? Yet Jesus knew their hearts. The Scripture told us earlier they'd been trying to kill Him ever since He healed that man by the pool. They said, Who's seeking to kill you? Jesus answered, I did one work. He knew what they were talking about. He knew what was in their hearts. I did one work. That's talking about the man who was healed by the pool. I did one work. And you all marvel at it. Moses gave you circumcision, not that it's from Moses, but from the fathers, and, circum and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. This is talking about one of the Jewish regulations, one of the rabbinical interpretations. Okay, you have this situation. The Jews were commanded to circumcise each male born on the eighth day. Okay? And you also have a command that on the Sabbath you are not to do any work. Well, what happens if a child is eight days old on the Sabbath? The, the rabbis had to figure this out. You have two different commands that seem to be conflicting with one another. And so the rabbis had figured out, well, go ahead, because one is more important than the other. It's more important that you circumcise the child on the eighth day than that you not work on the, uh, on the Sabbath. And that's how he worked it out. Now Jesus points out their hypocrisy. He says, if on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because on the Sabbath I made a whole man's body well? He's basically saying, you know there's exceptions. You know that it's more important to circumcise a, a baby on the eighth day 
over keeping the Sabbath. Here Jesus says, isn't it all the more great that I heal a man, make him whole, make a man who hasn't been able to walk for 38 years whole and able to be well than to keep the Sabbath? He's pointing out their hypocrisy. He's pointing out how they are legalistic. And Jesus finally tells them in verse 24, don't judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. So often we can do that. We can jump to conclusions. We can judge what we see in somebody without really knowing all the facts. We can judge without thinking things through and and really wrestling with Scripture about something. Jesus says, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. You know, one thing I think this is doing, it's Jesus telling them they don't really care about the truth of this law. What they care is about trying to trap Jesus. What they're doing is trying to trap Him. They didn't like how much popularity Jesus was getting. They didn't like that He was leading, that, that they thought He was leading people astray. And so this law about the Sabbath, they were using it to trap Him. Jesus sees right through them and says, don't judge by appearances. Judge with right judgment. I'm going to tie this all together. Like I said, there's a lot in here. A lot of different themes. But I think all of it comes back together about who Jesus is. He is who He said He was. He is the God who made the universe. He is the Son of God who came down. He was the Word who was made flesh. He is the water of life. He is the bread of life. He came with a mission not to seek His own glory, not to seek a life of ease, but to carry a cross. To carry a cross so that you and I would be forgiven. He came to die in our place. Not to become an earthly king at that time. He came with a mission to do the Father's will and die as a ransom for us. Isn't He wonderful? Isn't He great? While some people thought He was amazing because He was such a good teacher, and some people thought He was just a miracle worker and thought He should just use that to bring people to Himself, Jesus wasn't using those methods. Instead, He knew He was to come to suffer. To suffer for you and me. To die on a cross. So that if we believe in Him, that if we trust in Him, if we put all of our weight and all of our hope in Him, we could be forgiven. His life, His righteousness given to us. Our sin put upon Him. Isn't He wonderful?
Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at redeemerbaptistpanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.